Talk Recorded live. Hello. Hi there. Give me just one second. I'm getting into my car. It's very windy. Okay, no problem. Oh, oh. hold on. Well, this 
I've just been, we have like, we have a three-car garage, and one of the one of the bays, like an entire bay, is still boxes that aren't unpacked from when we moved a year ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a huge proponent of, of if you declutter your space, you are opening yourself up to fill your life with, you know, more things that you want. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I've been putting it off forever. Now that it's nicer, I've um, I've really been digging in. So this weekend I did, I've got like six or seven boxes around the corner already like stuff boxed up and ready to donate. And then um, I'm just going through all of the baby clothes and mm. separating the girl and boy stuff. And um, I have two family members that just had little girls, so... I've got, I'm I'm working to put to, together boxes for them. And then um, three, three actually, sorry, a friend too, three people that just had little girls in the last six months. And then I, again, I have this uh, person out here in Fort Wayne that wants to buy a bunch of my baby boy clothes. So I'm just like, I'm working through it. That is my personal goal right now is to just um, get, to purge and donate and sell, you know, try to sell and then donate if I don't get it sold, like everything in that on that side. If it can't get in the house, then it doesn't belong here. Yeah. So that's my mission. <laughs> that's awesome. I know. So talk, all right, so enough about me. Tell me about you. How are you doing? Like where are you at mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Like just give it all to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, um, I'm great. I believe that I am spiritually amazing. Literally on the floor crying my eyes out this morning. And I said to God, tell me that you're here. Show me. And, um, I heard from you. (laughs) So, um, you know, I've been working on the surrendering. I think that video with Oprah was very, very powerful for me. Me too. Um, and I think that, I, I mean, I don't believe I'm there yet, but I believe that I know where I need to go. And um, I want to work on that because I think it's really important, like you said, to differentiate the the want from the the need because it's because it's not a need right it's it is the want that's driving it and mm-hmm. um making sure there's that separation so from that perspective i mean i feel great about the road i'm on yeah um you know like i said yesterday not seeing a lot of the progress that i'd like to but um i know god is faithful and i know i just need to keep doing the work um, it is a very, very, very big goal, and I believe strongly I'm capable of doing it. It's just a matter of continuing to get up when I get knocked down. So I, I'm i feeling great on that end, and I'm just going to work to do whatever it is I need to do, like we talked about last week. And so, you know, it is a numbers. Um, it's not magical. It's in the numbers. And so... I just need to make sure I'm hitting a lot of the numbers. Right. You have, like, like <clears throat> it's not fluff. You, there are certain numbers that just, it, that's part of the requirement. So Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I'm putting the extra pressure, if you will, um, the extra, the high-level goal on my plate. I'm doing that myself um, by trying to wrap up this month. If I don't wrap up this month, it will just carry forward to next month. I still technically have three months, you know, of qualification. This is only my second month. They give you four. I'm just, um, for for a lot of reasons, I want to be done. You know, mm-hmm. I want to I walk across stage. I want to, you know, escalate uh, how quickly I can move into leadership. I, I want... You know, I want that pink Cadillac. I, I mean, and all of it will happen 
as I am growing my unit. I mean, and that's yes. just that's just how it is. And so in order to do that, that means that I have to, you know, step outside of, you know, my comfort zone and get moving. <laughs> and tell me, how are you feeling like, are you in a place now where this past week, because when we talked a week ago, you had a plan of attack in mind. You had um, some ideas of what you wanted to, of the amount of work you were committing to this past week. And I want to know, like, are you feeling, are you feeling proud of yourself or do we need to do some work on that? Because I want you, that's my goal. I want you to be proud of whatever progress you make. And I want you to be able to say, I did what I wanted to do, what I would hope to do, and I'm proud of myself regardless of the outcome. I don't think I um, give myself enough time to be proud. So, no. I also think that the outcome tends to drive some of my response mm-hmm. instead of, you know, regardless of the response, you know, um, to be proud. And I also think that I, this past week, because of the outcome, have found myself doing a lot more um, beating myself up, a lot more of that not not positive affirmations. You know, like, it'll be silly things. Like, I will say, um, every room in the house is a mess, and I'll walk into the next room, and I'll say, of course the room is a mess. Why would it be clean? You know, like, just kind of living in that a little bit of negativity, been very um, sharp, in my um, behaviors, like very agitated, very quick to um, kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, snappy, very like mm-hmm. not having a lot of patience, you know, so I've really been working on, on praying about that and working on my ability to be patient and not to get so frustrated so easily, um, even not just in the business, but at home with Gianna. You know, like I, my patience has been very, very thin. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, I recognize it, and that's the part when I say to you that I feel great today spiritually is because I've been working through these things, and I've recognized them, and that I feel is definitely the first place I need to, to start. And you can't change the past, right? So mm-hmm. um, I love that you're. I love that you just said that. I love that you're saying that you're getting greater peace because you're choosing to focus on your spirituality and your praying and your devotions. And you can't. You can't go back and change when you know you got frustrated with Yana two days ago. Like you can't. So it's good to just let it go, and then you can make the decision, like how can I express more love to her today or tomorrow? You know, what can right. I do? I can't change the past, but what I can do is I can commit to um, just appreciating everything about her, appreciating her age, appreciating this is the youngest she will ever be, and tomorrow it'll again be the youngest she will ever be. She's just getting older, you know, and, and just having a fresh perspective. And that's, you know, all that we can ask for. And I'm, I mean, I am so like you, um, when I get stressed, those, like hearing what you just said, it's like you could have written that from my work. Those mm-hmm. are the same exact things that I experienced. And again, that awareness is so powerful because it, you know when something's off. All you have to do then after that is say, okay, pause, <laughs> let's pause, and this is me talking to myself, or you talking to yourself, okay, I'm going to pause right now, I know I can be, I know that something's off, because I'm not happy, I'm frustrated, so I can make a choice right now, I can make a choice to take a deep breath, and spend 10 seconds rattling off a few things I'm grateful for, until I can just move past this irritation, you know? Right. 
And that, that truly is the value of these core habits that, you know, you've been, you and I have been working on for, you know, the past month and a half. Because what it does in times that would otherwise be super stressful and frustrating and take you to the edge, what it does is it increases your default reaction to them. It basically helps you to not, go too far down the rabbit hole. It helps you recognize like, oh, okay, here we go again, but this time let's look at it differently. Mm-hmm. So I love to hear that that's, you know, that you are on that path of recognizing like, yep, I've been kind of impatient. I've been snappy. I've been just like, short, you know, um, agitated. Mm-hmm. And um, I recognize that. So that's obviously step one. And, you know, and again, step two is, like you said, praying on it. It's putting the time in towards things that you know are going to make your mood better. So being grateful, you know, having that gratitude list, um, taking a minute to do something that brings you joy, like, like look at pictures from when Gianna was a baby or look at some home videos or, you know, some funny YouTube videos or, you know. um, And then the other thing is relief. Like relief is like giving yourself a break, you know, and just like, (sighs) and that could have been kind of what you were going through when you were sort of laying on the ground and crying and you're just kind of like releasing that tension. To me, like, crying is such a great release of tension in the body. And so, like, I'm a huge proponent of it. <laughs> I really am. I think it can be very cathartic and cleansing. Yeah. So, like, let me ask you, is that was that your experience or did it, like, did it make you feel better to kind of release that tension? Yeah, you know what it does? Um, I feel like it shows it shows me, first of all, taking the time to sit and allowing myself even to think about the things that would be so deep down in me is showing um, not that I've hit rock bottom because this was a very different type of release, but, um, you know, recognizing that it needed to be done, reaching down <laughs> deep. Like it, it almost in a lot of ways I did it intentionally. And, again, I really do believe that the video – that you shared with me allowed me to recognize this um, this uh, tension, um, strain, something was feeling off in me, and it allowed me to recognize the need for me to let it go. And I truly, truly, truly feel that had I not had that moment, those 10 minutes of that video, had you not sent that to me, I cannot say that I would feel as relaxed and uh, full of faith as I do right now. Well, I'm really happy to hear that. I tell you what, I do my best to listen to my inspired guidance, and and so I'm really glad that that I sent it when I did and that it had that impact for you. And, I mean, you are growing so much spiritually and emotionally, I just see this this evolution right now with you and just hearing the way you talk about it, I can hear that growth. And I it's I'm impatient. I um <laughs> I like I like I want, you know, it's like if I got a goal, I want to hit that goal. I want to mm-hmm. get things done. Like I'm a doer. I'm I'm a someone that gets things done, you know. And so I wholeheartedly, like literally with all of my heart, understand where you're coming from. And, um, and I know how challenging it is to work through that frustration and impatience and accept, like, okay, I'm doing the best I can, and it's okay. Everything happens in perfect divine timing. Like, that's something, that's an affirmation 
that I say over and over again, when I get just like frustrated at how much more I have left to do and how how quickly I want to do it, but how I'm not doing it that quickly. Like I want to snap right. my fingers and I want it to be done. <laughs> right. I really do. I really, really do. That's truly my personality. So for me, it is a leap, um, you know, to to be in that place where it's like, okay, I am okay with whatever pace comes of this. And when I wasn't doing that, I was getting sick. I was um, so stressed out. I was very short with the children, like you said. And it did take a lot of me to just be like, okay, like I have to be okay with this. And the minute I gave myself that allowance and the minute I just, and again, like it's not like a one-time deal. This is something that I work through probably weekly. <laughs> like I, every week I'm like, oh, I want to do more. But what I did was that's, you know, kind of one of my um, solutions was my weekly and daily planner. And I put on that planner, like, you can have three things you want to get done today in addition to these other things. And on a weekly basis, you can, and I set an amount of time that I wanted to dedicate to my business. And I decided in that moment that anything I did above and beyond that was just um, like a bonus, mm-hmm. and that I was just that I was going to be proud of myself for being able to mark that off my to-do list, regardless of what actually came of that time I spent on my business. If I set that side that time aside, and I do what I wanted to do, and I get to check it off my list, I decided. I'm going to be proud of myself regardless of the outcome because I know I'm taking baby steps and baby steps add up. So Yeah. <clears throat> and I agree with you, and I think that, um, you know, many years ago, Stephen Covey, you know, when I had taken that class, you know, he teaches that. and I And I've seen the power of it, but I will be very honest with you. Like, I don't do it. Like, I know I need to. And that is still one fall short that I have is I have a lot in my head. I've got a lot of lists, but I don't have that one centralized place. And I try. I really do try. I try to reset myself every week. You know, I make my weekly plan sheet for my business on Sundays, on Sunday nights, and I try and do that, um, you know, every day. And it's um, it just, it just doesn't. It takes the wayside. Um, and I know that's an area that if I really want to move mountains, I need to do. I know that. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, <clears throat> let me ask you this. Is it that you make, um, do you make a bunch of written lists because when you when things come to you, it's like you just need to grab a piece of paper? Or um, do you make a lot of lists like, in your phone, because part of the challenge is finding a solution that actually works for you, mm-hmm. which is different than a solution that might work for, you know, Mary Jo down the street. Right. So, like, it's just a matter of, like, identifying, like, you know what works for me is this. Like, here's what, yeah. here's my need. Here's what I need to have access to. And um, So I like the pen and paper, okay? Yeah. Like, I... I try to use my phone, and mm-hmm. I just can't. It just doesn't do it for me. If Maybe if I still had a BlackBerry, <laughs> I would like it. But, yeah. I mean, I just I can't get used to the phone as far as to-do lists. Um, so I like the pen and paper. Yes, when I have an idea, I have to write it down. So I live off of that. My problem is is that I think what happens is my my centralized book, right, is never where I want it. Like, mm-hmm. if I try to have gotten, like, the smaller one, um, not like a, like a small notepad, but, like, you know, a typical 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. So yeah. it's more of the 5 by 7 size, okay? So I got that size notepad note, um, book so I can take it around and have it more easily accessible to me. The problem is is that it's not always right by me at the same time. Like, I try to keep my business stuff separate from my personal stuff. And so, Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't go in my purse with me, so it may not go uh, in the front seat of the car with me, and so it's in the trunk. So then I reach inside my purse to get a sheet of paper instead because the notebook's in the trunk, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I think some of it is just being aware. I do agree uh, with being more aware and making sure that I can have it with me. But I also feel that it's um, because it's not by my side, I don't remember to do it. And I remember more on the tail end. So what would be the drawback? And I'm just playing with you here because, I truly believe that when we can eliminate even seemingly small negative tolerations, that they can have immense effects on our ability to progress forward. So let's just play with this for a minute. Um, What would happen if you carried it in your purse? What's the drawback to carrying it in your purse? Um. Do you not take your purse with you sometimes for business things, and that's why? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it doesn't come with me, like, everywhere. But I have either one bag or the other, so I don't know if that's a, a big issue. I um, Nothing, I guess. I mean, I probably could keep it in my purse. What if we? What if you tried having it in your purse? I was going to suggest two Super simple thing. Try having it in your purse instead of the other bag. And number two, a post-it note on your, like, uh, somewhere that's not going to annoy you, but that you'll see it as you're climbing in the car, like on your dash or on your radio or on your um, steering wheel that says phone and notebook. Like the two things you need everywhere you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that way, if you climb in the car, you'll have that visual trigger and you'll have a moment that it'll only interrupt your day for 30 seconds if at that moment you realize the notebook is not with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. I can be the same way. I could literally be in my driveway and rationalize why I'm already in the motion of leaving the house so I don't want to get out and actually run inside and get something. Yeah. So there's only certain things that I will actually get out of my car to go retrieve, but my phone is one of them right. and um, my notebook is one of them. So okay. I like I agree with you. Like anything that you can – like the Post-it note is a perfect visual trigger And if you're climbing in your car, and I don't know if there's other times when it's like, I don't know about you, but when I'm in the house, I'm okay walking into the other room to grab it. So it's not necessarily, for me, it's not necessarily when when I'm in the house. It's almost always when I'm out of the house that I would run into that situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a combination of both for me because it'll be silly. Even like my bag will be downstairs. And I'm upstairs giving Gianna mm-hmm. a bath. And it's, it, it takes me two minutes, right? But it's two minutes I sacrifice, and I'll just grab a different sheet of paper. And mm-hmm. it's just silly. It's just silly. And so this, again, speaks to just like building the new habit is, you know, it takes just consistency. Right. But a new habit, you know, that could serve you is at night after you put Gianna to bed that you go around collecting the sheets and you take your four minutes to transfer them into the central notebook. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, technically I'm doing double work. However, the convenience of writing it down somewhere else in the moment overshadows the four extra minutes it takes me at the end of the night because it allows me to very quickly take the idea from thought to paper and I don't lose it at that point. Because that would be another right. concern of mine is in the process of finding my notebook, then I lose the idea. Oh, sure. 
So the so the other approach could be I accept that sometimes I'm going to write it down somewhere else, but what I'm going to do is at the end of the night take that loose-leaf sheet of paper or rip it out of whatever notebook I wrote it in, carry it over and, and transfer it into my notebook, then throw out the old piece of paper. That's how I know I did it. And, and that's kind of just a habit you would form over time to just address this, you know, thing where it's like you want to capture the idea, you want it all in one central location. It's very hard to keep track of things when it's in multiple notebooks, so this is the solution. Right. Yeah. Um, do you, being the C personality that we both are, I have a question for you. So sometimes, um, I well, most of the time, sometimes, I said sometimes again. So things that are new, like a new habit, for example, mm-hmm. I have to sit down and think about it. How am I going to fit it in? How am I going to tackle it? How am I going to address it? And only when I do that am I willing to accept the new habit. So, for example, I would like to say that every night before I go to bed, in my notebook, I'm writing down the six most important things to do for the next day. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to do that, I have to take 20 steps back and say, okay, if I want to be in bed by 10, and I have these 20 things I have to do before I go to bed every night, I need to start getting ready for bed at 9.15. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? I have. I have, and it was good, and I've also let things like that slide. Like, I did that too. Like, I made, I, I mean, like, I have this massive, I have this massive dry erase board that literally takes up half a wall in my office. Um, this, this was at our old place. And I literally, I literally wrote out, I filled it with this process of, like, all the things that needed to get done and what order they'd have to get done and what that means. And what it all came down to was, like, Jamie, if you don't go to bed on time, then that triggers disruption in everything else in your day. Right. And so I kind of worked, and I so it sounds just like what you were talking about. I basically said, so... If I want to get to bed by this amount of t- by this time, then that means I should shut my electronics off by this time. That means right. I should have checked this and this and this by this time. And that mm-hmm. until same exact concept as you. And I did it, and it felt really great. So can I tell you right now? Am I going to bed in a timely manner? I'm not. So that's fallen to the wayside for me, um, as I've just sort of like. <clears throat> But but it is something that I would embrace again. But I well to your original question, yes, I'm very much like that, and um, it is easier for me to just grasp. And that's kind of why I introduced you to things that you can do while doing other things, because it makes it easier to add in a habit. I think really what you need is a trigger, like something that reminds you to actually do it, and then mm-hmm. for it not to be inconvenient to do it. Right. So, so that's why well, and, like, and go ahead. So for me, it's not like I need that. That I don't need to necessarily process map it every single day. Like right. I don't have to go through it. I just have to do it kind of one time or two times. So it's a, then that trigger in my mind that I'm adding it to my to do, because I think what happens is like for example, I will I get so exhausted at the end of the night. Okay, and I just want to like lay there, and I will. I'll just end up doing stupid, meaningless stuff, scanning Facebook for a half an hour, and I just wasted that time when I know that there are other critical things I need to get done. And instead of me addressing those things, I close my eyes, and then I wake up the next morning. I'm frantic. So to your point of, it keeps me like more at task for what needs to be done, and then it doesn't make me crazy the next day. Yeah. And, again, it's not that I need to do it every time. I just need to figure out where I fit it in, and then I'm good. I think it stems from, like, I honestly, probably if we went deep, 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 
it's part of the control factor as well. Oh, it's totally. Like, I'm deciding what I'm going to do with my time, and I'm not going to bring this into my day until I have decided it is worth it to me. And so, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their own way of coming to that, like, decision. Some people, like I've had clients that just say, like, okay, I'll do it. And it's like they're just so amicable. And, like, it's like, okay, they just added it. And then, you know, other people, it's like I've got to convince them. <laughs> you know, I've got to, like, explain, like, why it's of value and, and why it would be, you know, good to do. And, you know, there are, you know, it's okay to be skeptical and it's okay to want to consciously decide what you will and will not do. So what I will say, though, is it's like, once you've made that decision, here's the thing. Like, eventually, you're going to get to a point, I feel like you're going to get to a point where you can let go of that a little bit and you just say, okay, I'm not going to, I am not going to waste, and I'm not saying waste, but I'm not going to allocate um, 30 minutes of my time to figure this out. All I'm going to do is what I need to do to add it to my to my process. So, like, if I said, like, you just need four minutes to do this at the end of the night, and you typically know that Jana has bath time at, I don't know, let's say 8.30 or 8 or 7 or whatever, then for me, what it means is I just need to, like, I have to be triggered somehow. So I will set an alarm on my phone, or I will put a post-it note where I will for sure see it. And knowing me, like, I do, like, four post-it notes because, like, I might ignore the first post-it note. (laughs) (laughs) Same with alarms. I always set two to three alarms for everything because I might ignore the first one, and then the second one I have a more threatening message, and then the third one is, like, (laughs) no, seriously, do it now. (laughs) So... I know that about myself, and and I and I am to the point now where I know, like I don't judge myself. I just do what I know I have to do in order for it to stick, and hmm. that's different from other people. Everybody know everybody has a different threshold of what makes it stick for them. So the truth, the truth is, it's like you just have to know and just honor your own needs. Like I'm Stephanie. I know the only way I'm going to get this done is if I do this and then do it. You know, like the only way I'm going to get this done is if I put a post-it note on my computer that says no Facebook until gratitude list done. And then Mm -hmm. I have that visual trigger. And then I know like, okay, I have something else to do real quick. I um, love what you just said there. um, Knowing yourself. So, there's a lot of things that I think um, I acknowledge and know myself about, but there are certain things that I don't, um, you know, allow myself to accept. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) one of them is being on time. It has gotten so out of hand in the last few years since I've had Gianna is really when it got worse. So I went from, super duper control freak on every way, shape or form to try to go to the opposite end of the spectrum and not have no, like any control and just be very flexible where needed because that's Mm -hmm. what she needed me to do. And I then never went back. And so I continue to fight myself on the fact that I am not on time. And I keep trying to tell myself that I can be on time. (laughs) and instead I think what I love about what you said is how real you are and acknowledging it and um, you know setting multiple alarms you know um, because you know yourself and I think that when to your point is when we admit it and we acknowledge it we can you know then fix it or address it in whatever way it needs to be but um, I like I, I like that you shared that because hits home for me instead what I do today is I you know I'll dismiss the reminder and then it's out of sight out of mind in a lot of things and Uh I'll beat myself up later for it yep but I will tell you yesterday what I did I was really proud of myself so every Sunday night I've got a call um 
with for my business and it's uh you know the entire group uh the team on the line and we just kind of talk about you know accomplishments for the week and you know different things that we have going and different training opportunities and stuff and um yesterday i was multitasking listening and putting uh labels on my products because you know it's one of the one of those you know fun little things you know when you have women running the company it's interesting how you see this business has been literally made for women because yeah. we know ourselves we go to use a product and we run out and you're like gosh darn it what is that person's name so what they've created is this the concept of getting a label and you stick it on your product so before any product hits my shelf i put my labels on yeah absolutely um, and it's uh it's just it was a multitasking thing that I was doing. It doesn't take a lot of time, but just mundane. And so I was doing it while I was on the call. And what I did when I was done is it was all put together nicely to go back upstairs because I did it downstairs outside of my office because Diesel is downstairs and I didn't want him to be by himself. So anyway, I could have left the box down there and brought it up the next morning because I was tired and I didn't want to bring it up. But mm-hmm. I forced myself to bring it up, and I kept reminding myself, like, of different quotes that I've heard over the years and different ways of saying it, but don't put off today. Don't put off till tomorrow what you could get done today. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, it's only 9, nine o'clock. There's no reason why I can't bring these few things up now, save me time for, to, you know, tomorrow morning, and not come downstairs and feel like the room's a mess. You know, I got Gianna's bag ready, um, you know, for what she needed for today. And it felt so amazing to go downstairs today and have a lot of that already, you know, her bag already put together and her, um, and, you know, the boxes went down there. And mm-hmm. it was, it was just so, um, I just, I don't always get that opportunity. And mm-hmm. I, I don't make the time, I should say, always. And mm-hmm. it's just been something I've been more conscious of. And I like that. Yeah, that's huge. I agree. Like, that is super huge. <clears throat> and something I kind of tell myself <clears throat> is um, I am doing this because I know it's going to give me peace of mind mm-hmm. that it's taken care of now. And that's a weight. Off, that's, you know, energy. It's all energy, you know. Like, it, it right. takes energy for me to think about how not doing it means I'm going to have to make time to do it tomorrow and squeeze it in, and then that's going to overwhelm me because I already have a full plate. So I right. tell myself, you know, that in choosing to do it now, it's a gift to myself of peace of mind. And that's one way... It's a gift to myself, and it just depends on what it is. If it's like um, a habit practice, then I say this is a gift to myself because I am making, you know, um, what my goal a top priority, and this is going to bring me one step closer. If it's mm-hmm. like, like you said, t- totally have that situation all the time where it's like I- I'll have crawled into bed and I'll remember something. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten in the habit of just um, accepting that that it's worth it, you know. Um, some things aren't worth it, of course, but um, I can sit there and I can say, okay, this is going to give me peace of mind. I am going to go. It's usually something I know I have to remember, but it's not part of my normal schedule. Like our sitter had asked us to pack our tennis uh, rackets for the kids and I got to, and I crawled into bed, and I realized I hadn't gone down into the basement, found the racket, found the balls, and I hadn't put it with the bag. Yeah. And the and I knew the amount of energy that I was going to waste was worth it to get out of bed, take care of it in that moment while it was fresh in my mind, so that I could just go to bed, not worrying about trying to remember that in the morning. Yep. I agree. So, so I'm with you on that, and I'm and I'm with you on hating, <laughs> not wanting to get out of bed, but but telling myself 
you are giving yourself the gift of peace of mind. And that kind of reframes it because you don't want to do it angry or annoyed. You don't, you know, it's good if you can get rid of that angry, annoyed energy and just say like, hey, this is good. I'm making a positive, good choice right now in choosing to do this. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it definitely, you know, sometimes we might start out like, like I could just see myself getting up out of bed. Why do I have to, you know, like, but then when it's done, so like I have lots of examples like that too. I'll go in bed and whatever and, and I'll get up and then be cranky I had to get up but I'll be fine that I did it you know yeah yeah and and so I agree with you a thousand percent but I think that's good I like that um the peace of mind I think that's really really key yeah so how are you feeling now like uh is there anything lingering um are you feeling like, okay, I'm in a really good place now? Or is there anything that's sort of just like, like let's talk through it. You know, let's, let's get you in a really good place to set you up for success this week. Um, I think I'm in a decent place. Um, stuff with my husband is wearing on me. Um, we, uh, we've talked about this the last few weeks. Um, so I, I know that I know what I need to do. Okay. So it's not that I don't, it's that I don't want to believe it and I don't want to have this sense of, um, I don't know if giving up is the right word, but the, the sense, the idea of it being final, it's just, it, it it wears on me. And, um, so Last weekend, I don't think I shared this with you, we were on the boat and I went to go um, change the music that he had playing and there was a message from a girl that he was talking to on some chat board. Mm. And um, and it bothered me. It's weird because it bothered me and it didn't bother me. Like, it bothered me because, like, Like, when I told my girlfriend about it, she's like, what, you guys, you know, like, you're not divorced, and what's he doing, like that, and that part didn't bother me. It was more the fact that it was just occurring, you know, like, mm-hmm. I didn't have this attachment emotionally, like, I, I don't have this emotional thing with him right now. I'm not, um, you know, I, I I feel like in my emotions have been removed, but he's a good friend, okay? He's like a really, really good, great friend. And he's been mine for a long, long time. And yeah. the thought of him not being mine, not because I want him, just because I can't claim it, <laughs> is is a very, it's been a very hard thing for me. And so, um, you know, he said to me, he's like, you know, you've got nothing to worry about and this, that, and the other. And it was just something he was looking at and blah, blah, blah. And and again, it's been something I've been struggling with because it's not that I'm upset about the action of it. It's that what it really means, right? It really means that, you know, it's not necessarily, it's not him and I anymore and that this could potentially be, you know, my new life. And there is a moment, I'm sure, where the time will come and it's how, you know, taking that video is and the reflection of that you know can I really be okay with him seeing him with another woman you know and how will that how will that be related back to my daughter and um so it's it's been very emotional for me from that perspective and having a hard time with it and in addition uh one minute he says you know I've got nothing to worry about. And the next minute he's signing all the papers and he's saying, you know, when are you taking this divorce class that we need to take? And it's almost like he's pushing me. Mm-hmm. So um, from that perspective, no. No, I'm not okay. And that, it's wearing on me. What can you do? What would feel good to you what would feel not even good, just better? What would be 
slightly better feeling for you right now, what would it take? I don't know. It's hard because I feel like logically you can walk yourself through that situation and and it's like I know like I know we're not meant to be together. I know that we are we are making the right decision getting a divorce. I know that that means that eventually he's going to find someone that's a better match for him and I am also. And yet, you know, your heart, of course, is tied up in the history and, um, you know, Chris and Stephanie of the last 20 years. And, um, oh, my gosh, if, if I let go of him and he finds someone else, what if I don't like them? And then what if Gianna doesn't like them? And, what if, and, and that's called spiraling out of control <laughs> because what we're doing is we're let, allowing ourselves to be driven by fear of the unknown and we're assuming the worst. So what we want to do with our time is if we're going to use our imagination and if we're going to um, visualize something, we're going to make the choice for us to visualize the best case scenario, not the worst. So the best case scenario is that you and Chris have an amicable divorce. You and Chris both go off in your own independent, unique directions, and you both find love somewhere else. You both find amazing success and abundance And the people that are joined in your lives now, this extended family that you have, everybody gets along very well. And Gianna just has twice the love, you know what I mean? She's got two families worth of love now instead of one. So that's what I would challenge you to do. The more that we can direct our thoughts and visualize the positive outcome that we want to see. And you don't have to have all the answers. Just think about what would feel good, like what would be good. Take away the fear. I mean, fear is going to be there anyway. But what you can do is you can acknowledge like, oh, ha, that's my friend Mr. Fear. And I know that fear is just me invoking worst-case scenarios in my head. And instead what I'm going to do If I'm going to use my imagination, I'm going to use it for good, not evil. That's what I would challenge you to do. And the more time you can focus, like that's what I do. When I think of a worst-case scenario, when I think of something, like um, I have a colleague, for example, like this is fresh. I have a colleague that I've tried emailing twice and they haven't responded. And... It bothers me, and, like, it brings up, like, am I not good enough natural questions. And then I'm very quickly able to say, Jamie, this has nothing to do with you. This is not a reflection of you. You know, that's, they're a very busy person. It, it does not mean that they don't like you. It has, means in no way that you're not um, outstanding and valuable and be patient. So, but I will tell you, like, the gremlin surfaces, but what I can do is be very aware of it, and then I immediately squash it. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do as well. The gremlins are going to surface. It's not like you're never going to have an, uh, a scared or fearful or, um, or any sort of um, maybe jealous or anything like that. Like, those are still going to surface, and all the what's most important is how you handle them, like what you choose to do. Now, stuff with Chris, if it brought up some feelings of inadequacy or if it brought up jealousy or made me start to think like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't like that this could change the world that I am in control of right now. You know, again, you just try and think of like, okay, but if my world is going to change, I'm going to just dictate what it's going to change to. And then I would just start, visualizing the best-case scenario. Does that sound like something you could work on? Yeah. 
Like, I, when my ex got married, I was like, oh, she's ugly. And <laughs> I, was like, I was just like, oh, you know, like, I ha- everybody has that moment, you know. Like, oh, she's not going to be as good as I was. And, and what, like, there were, it was so stupid. Like, there were all these things that surfaced. And I'm happily married, and I have kids, and I love my husband, and we're soulmates. But even though I have, like, perfections, I see that my ex got married, and that they're pregnant, and I'm just like, oh. (laughs) So it's totally natural, and you just want to make sure that you don't allow it to spiral, that you can, that you can, and you can use me. So you can send me a text and say, like, I'm having a hard time with this because blah, blah, and I can coach you through that. Um, But the best thing you can do is when you're in that moment, just talk yourself off the ledge with best-case scenario instead of worst-case scenario. And let me know. If you, you know, like, if this happens, you know, let me know and, uh, you know, tell me how you handled it. And I'll give you, like, a virtual high five for, you know, turning the situation around. And you'll find the more you do it, the quicker you can do it. You're going through so many changes right now, and you're trying so, you know, you're putting all this time and effort into really just transforming your life situation. And Chris represents this, for better or worse, not saying that he's a great presence in your life, but what he is is predictable. And so in all of this time of uncertainty where you're, you're reaching for the stars and you're taking this leap of faith, He's kind of the stable, like, predictable, I know what's going to happen with him. But in going through the divorce, what you're saying is that you're ready to let go of even that predictability and that stability. And so you might just be feeling right now like, I need something predictable, and that could be why you're kind of clinging to, like, don't rush me, you know, and wanting to have control over exactly when that change happens because you know it's going to be a big change. And so it's totally natural to have fear there. It's totally natural to be hesitant because you already do have a lot of changes that you're putting in motion. So it is very normal, and I I would just use this as an opportunity to remind you that no efforts towards self-care and self-love are wasted. So doing something that makes you feel good, that makes you feel beautiful, that makes you feel loved, that makes you feel special, anything you can do to give yourself relief and love is going to be of value. But I am here, okay? So um, I I am available for text or email or any, you know, so just don't think that you're in this alone. You know, don't think I have no one I could talk to about this. Like, you could talk to me about it if you wanted to or, you know, like your girlfriend that you mentioned earlier or whatever. The worst thing you could do is just internalize it and then let it steal your energy because you're dwelling on it, you know, or you're ruminating about it. You don't want to do that. You want to, you want to, you don't want to resist it. You want to let it flow so that you can process it more quickly. Yeah. Okay. Good talk. Good talk. I see we only got a couple minutes left. I want to make sure that we cover everything. Um, Is there anything else you want to squeeze in here before we hop off the phone? I don't think so. Okay. Well, this is this is your time. 
my time is now, your time is now, you're ready for the next step. Those are really good affirmations. My time is now and I'm ready to take the next step. And anything is possible. Like, believe that anything is possible. I know you have numbers. Of course you do. And they're great to quantify your success. Just don't let them bring you down. Use them as a launching pad, you know, for excitement and um, intentional effort towards those goals. Just keep remembering, even though you're surrendering, even though you are, you are not attached to the outcome, we still would love to see you hit your goal by June 30th, and you're still going to take action to try and do that. So keep the effort going. Keep the, in, you know, inspired action going. And um, I just think you're really doing a great job heading in the right direction. Um, but, you know, keep the dream alive. You know, keep believing that anything is possible. But, you know, knowing that you're going to be, love your life no matter what, but anything's possible and wouldn't it be great if I was able to do this by June 30th. Sound mm-hmm. good? Yep. All right, cool. Have a great rest of your day, darling, and I will, and we'll keep in touch throughout the week. Sound good? All right, thank you. Okay, all right, have a great rest of your day. You too, bye-bye.